0: This is Jamal Ford Robinson, and you are listening to the Cherry Jam podcast.
1: How's that? Hello, and welcome to episode 22, series five of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, James Eastwood, also known as Snowy, Lawrence Landry, and Jim Harley. Hopefully, you'll all notice immediately the sound quality from me is slightly better this week. It doesn't sound like I'm on the toilet. Although that, it's not great. Okay, cool. (laughs) That, that's
2: and more you, are, and you, you definitely about. look like you're on the toilet. you, I, well, you look to be sat on a toilet, don't you?
1: Yeah.
2: Isn't that the handle and yeah. the toilet roll just to the side of you?
1: Bathroom yeah, B toilet paper. And, yeah, bathroom. <laughs> we should do that anyway. Um, right, we are, from I think you'll find it be a Portsmouth shirt. Uh, anyway. Moving on. We will be talking about the Six Nations and uh, the, this week's results, uh, including England uh, beating Wales, which for my own sanity is a wonderful result. But we will also be talking about why it wasn't a particularly vintage weekend generally for rugby. Uh, we will, though, however, start with Gloucester Hartbury's comeback win again this week against Bristol. Jim was there at the game. Uh, I was once again following on Twitter due to a total inability to read diaries and calendars properly. Um, So Jim, again, go into the first end of the first half, um, a score down or scoring a bit down, win the game in the last play of the game. Quite fun. Yeah,
2: it 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 was a brilliant, brilliant game of rugby to watch. I mean, it was um, very very exciting albeit not the kind of classic Gloucester dominance that maybe um, we've we've expected um, or, or experienced so far this season. Um, always knew Bristol were going to come and come hard. Um, and a little bit of brilliance from Mo at the beginning to, to, to open up the scoring, quick tap penalty. And then very, very much so, Bristol... I thought that was like the first 10 minutes Bristol mm. just dominated for the for the next 30 um and Gloucester have actually had a lot of um a lot of practice at defending their line which is not a good thing but they turn they they are quite good at it um although more defense wasn't quite so good um so yeah we went I think we went, went we were 12 points down at one point um and then the rain, my God did the rain come down really really yeah. hard um and it it seemed to just suck the energy out of Bristol um it, it really changed the the momentum and the um, dynamism in, in in the Bristol side um, but I think really what told was the bench and the Gloucester bench were maintained what we had. I wouldn't say they, they they didn't bring anything. Actually, they just maintained it and the Bristol bench very much couldn't keep up with that. And the scrum in the final 20 minutes was an absolute car crash for Bristol. (laughs) Um, they, they did exceptionally well. Their number eight was player of the match for me. Um, she was, she was very, very good. Um, especially towards the end of that sort of 56-minute period um, and cleaned up a lot of crap ball going backwards. But um, she actually got uh, substituted just just as a defensive five-meter line-out came, which I thought was a very, very poor bit of timing because whoever was replacing her, who I didn't notice who it was, but was was going to be about a third the size and not as capable and clearly we rumbled over and and scored and then we scored another one which kind of put a bit of a gloss on it um you know and obviously got us the win um lots and lots and lots to talk about um lots and lots to talk about um, in the dressing room and in kind of training next week off the back of where the energy was and um, lots of you know lots of other kind of areas of improvement, which is which is it's so good that we can win a game and this is what Sean Lynn's been talking about is that winning mentality and bringing players in lots of players having their first starts and other such things um, and keeping that winning mentality and to 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 some way just having that belief that no matter what, you can go twelve twelve points and You can be um, not getting any of the calls. Although I thought the referee did pretty well. Um, you know, just you, you can say, "Oh God, today's not our day," but still win. And I I felt Gloucester very much didn't have a great didn't have a great performance. Um, they'll be their they'll be their own biggest um, critics. That will that will make Gloucester a better a better side in a couple of weeks' time. I spoke to Sam Monahan after the game, and she was saying we've got quite a lot of players coming back from injury. She's out with a concussion, um, should be back in a couple of weeks, and um, so Tatiana Hurd and um, Zoe Oldcroft are going to be back in the next week or two, um, and um, Mia Venner as well is going to be back. Um, in the in the next couple of weeks, so they've that you know these are three England players that we haven't seen for quite a few weeks. So to be bringing back that sort of quality, and of course we've got lots of other players that are, that are also injured and and sort of on their way back. So,
3: well, this is the thing it's, we, it's we can't a... keep going behind. We can't keep. It's great that they got that winning mentality to keep coming back, but at some stage you're going to come and stuck if you keep going behind in games like oh, that.
2: Well, Without question, without question, you can't you can't rely on um, coming back against the very best teams, and mm. I think um, Bristol are top four without a question. Um, um, well yeah you got you got us, us Saracens Exeter Harlequins and Bristol those five teams
1: Harlequins have lost quite a are... few I mean they lost to Saracens uh didn't they at the end of the day although they they yeah. did, you know, they, they did have a good performance but they they Harlequins they've Harlequins lost quite a few brought... games this season
2: Yeah Harlequins have historically been you know top 2 Well uh, yeah cause Har- it's been Har-
3: apart from us it's only been Harlequins and Saracens that's ever in the league isn't it
2: yeah. yeah so it's I think and Harlequins have now dropped I would say to the fifth best team, and Bristol have overtaken them in that place. Yeah. Um, and Exeter are still at third. Um, I know the league might, you know, might lie, but that's that's the way I see it from from everything I've seen, and I think that's the way it will play out come the end. Um, and yeah, you can't you can't keep giving teams um, opportunities. You can't give them head starts. Gloucester lost of men are terrible for, for giving teams you know, big big score advantages in the first twenty minutes. Um so it's not
3: just the first need, twenty, right?
2: <laughs> well yeah. Um we need to we we need to, we need to be a little bit better at controlling the game and and um I think I think we've we've done really well um maybe slightly riskily so but we've done really well because we we've, we've developed we've developed the squad, we've brought on a lot of extra players, um, we've rotated um, and when it comes to the end of the season, if we do have players coming back, um, that's fantastic but also we can rely on some of those maybe less experienced players and we're not going to just throw them in at the deep end because they will have had um, not just PWR experience but kind of PWR experience against some of the the best teams in the league. So, I think as um as a as a squad, we've never been in a better place um it's just a case of making sure we maybe maybe start really tweaking and gelling and 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 actually you you look at the points difference Saracens have had some huge huge scores yeah um and their points difference is massive in comparison to us which Considering how how well we played against them, I, I find a little bit confusing. Um, and I think maybe when we're playing against the likes of um, Loughborough, um, Leicester and Sale, who are sort of the bottom end of the table, Sa- Sa- um, Saracens will put 60 points on them without really worrying about being nasty about it and will win by will win by you know 10 12 15 points. the, the, the
3: 24 the 24 we got on this weekend was that 4 tries and two conversions. Yeah. Well, at least we got the bonus point, man.
1: Yeah, I think they've been pretty good and consistent in getting bonus points. I think Bristol's the only game I think they've not they failed to get a bonus point so far away. Um I'm just looking at the fixtures coming out and we we'll we will then um because there's a few good, big fixtures coming out. They have got Sale back to back um home and away. Obviously the home game is the rearranged game. Um, following the, the postponement due to the not having a, a suitable medical cover um, that's next Saturday at one o'clock so who is saying so Jim, Jim you're going to try and double it up you're going to try and go to that and then go to the... yeah yeah
2: so I'm going to I'm gonna drive there and then I'm going to um, drive back drop my mate or two off at King's Home and then either park um, on Denmark Road and run in or Drive all the way home and then cycle back, which will probably be another five minutes if I do that.
3: You're probably better off driving home and cycling back if you're leaving it that late to try and park down Downmarket Road. Yeah,
2: yeah no, there's there's loads. There's, it's it's a cup game. It won't be that busy. Um, uh, there's loads point. people that don't understand parking restrictions on the zigzags.
1: <laughs> so um,
2: you, can, um, you can park bang outside Denmark Road School on the zigzags. They're yellow, not white, and they have hours of operation. So there we go. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, um, and, I've also, well, and I've just, all...
3: you just told three hundred people. you've you just park, told. Yeah, right? you've
1: just told a lot of people who, who might possibly want to find a, a late parking space where they're going yeah. <laughs> to.
2: Anyway. But I've, I've also I've also been called in into um, work at the Pelicans, so I've got to um, I've got to go there straight after the game so I probably
1: don't really want... Lunatics like, running um,
3: the asylum if as you're working the
1: <laughs> Well, it just means that when I pop up about, you know, 10 minutes after uh, final whistle, I might be able to get a pint eight deep. Uh, anyway. Um... Yeah, yeah. There, there's, a, there's a day for Edward. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, so just to quickly follow on, so we've got sailbacks back. we've got uh, Exeter uh, chiefs women at uh, King's Home on the 2nd of March. Um, there's also then uh, the premiership, We've then got Quinns at home on the Friday, the 8th of March. Uh, it, it, again, at King's home, that, that could be a good one. Uh, they've got a cut fixture away to Bristol uh, on the 13th of April. And then uh, it, potentially a, a final the week after. And then it's um, a, 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 a late run in, last couple of games, Loughborough, Trailfinders, and then Sarri's away, final game of the season, Um
3: uh, top two, so, so before the last I would the have
1: season, thought man. if you look at the fixtures, we've got they've got left, extra at home is a big game. I think Gloucester and Hartbury are uh, too good for Quinn's. And then you've got really Loughborough, they should beat them comfortably. Ealing, you should beat comfortably. At going into that final game, as Jim has said before, um you wouldn't it wouldn't be unexpected if Gloucester go into that final game unbeaten. So it's a case of how do you want to do you want to go in and make a meta yeah. statement? win that, um, guarantee your home semi-final and an unbeaten run all the way through but we'll see. But no, it's really encouraging again, uh, another, go- another good win what champions are made of coming back in those situations and, and securing the win Right, we will now move on to the Six Nations, uh, it'll be pretty brief because uh, the, the main part of tonight's discussion is mainly about how to improve things, but we'll start off with today's game, um, the Italy Island game, it ha- basically went w- the way we thought it would do a procession for Ireland um, 36-0 I think it finished um, doesn't really tell the story if, it could have been 50, could have been 60 Ireland so much better than Italy um, and uh, Italy's main faults this week were penalties again, discipline was dreadful uh, too many penalties and, and a total and utter inability to catch a rugby ball which does have, hamper somewhat your ability to uh, to put anything together or we'll get into positions it, to score. It it
2: really, really helps as a as a rugby team, doesn't it, to be able to catch a ball,
1: that being one of the, I don't know, two main parts of rugby union. Yeah. Um and, and I I did feel sorry for them because they are they've been absolutely destroyed by injuries. they that pretty much their entire back row um is is now unavailable. Uh, their main but their front sort of front line back row. So they are going to struggle. Uh, I imagine they'll be targeting um, the the home game against I mean, it was Scotland and Wales in the last game. But realistically, they they are a, a, a very average side. Um, probably played above themselves last week, whereas and England maybe within themselves. But yeah, it's a shame for Italy. Ireland look like they're going to win the Grand Slam. Yeah, the, the,
3: they're too yeah. like starry-eyed over England as well. No, we. we'll come on to them in a second.
1: Yeah. But Ireland look like they're going to win the Grand Slam, um, uh, as we said last week. At an absolute canter as well. Absolute canter. Um, well, which, will which, leave- which they're more than welcome
2: to because um, the World Cup was last year and they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, they're still... Look. But I had a conversation with my dad last night about this. He said, "Oh no, South Africa is the best team in the world." I said, "They're not. Ireland are the best team in the world. South Africa just won the World Cup. There's a massive difference. You don't you can you could don't have to be the best team at a World Cup. You have to win every game, and they managed to win win their games. South Africa yeah. did, and Ireland just didn't for whatever reason. I still think they're the best team in the world,
0: Ireland. Well, I think on their day, the best team in the world are France. They just their day isn't as consistent as Ireland. No. Yeah. No. No, maybe not. That's
2: the... Yeah,
3: yeah. Ireland are more consistent on their days, don't they? Yeah.
2: That's the the beauty of a World Cup, isn't it? It doesn't matter. matter It doesn't matter about who's world number one and who's world number six. Yeah. All you need to do is turn up and beat them on the scoreboard. Even if you're not as good as them, you just beat them on the scoreboard. Well, exactly, and... but it still
3: doesn't stop Ireland from being the best team in the world, does it? Just because they didn't win the World well, Cup. no.
2: But, but at some that's, point, that's what makes it uh, even better, point, isn't the it? The best team in the world needs to actually win. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: I know that, but that's what makes it even more satisfying that they didn't win. They're the best yeah. team in the world by a long stretch, but they still couldn't win the World Cup.
1: Um, do you want to do England first? Or do you want to do Scotland and France first? Because... That's there's a lot to go through in the Scotland France game. I think we might need understand. to. Well, I think
2: we might just go through the uh, the England game, which was pretty
1: pretty. Broad, it won't take long, with it? In the England game. So the England game. England win. I mean, that's that for me. When it comes to Wales, I am very much of the opinion that I just need them to win, just for my own sanity and and self uh, 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 self preservation, if anything. Well, else.
0: You're very good, Ed, at being able to. Um, absorb yourself in a game and all the like context around it and like mm. see through the shit and just get really into the fact that England defeat and Wales. Because I think the rest of us only are Wales. like, only oh only my Wales. God, this Everyone is garbage. Been... Yeah, and no, no. no. It's,
3: and it's, Scotland, it's France, Australia. worst games of rugby
1: I've ever seen in my life. That was. So I would say, so for example, when it comes to England, I am I, very much in, at that moment, all I care about is winning. I will more than happily dissect how crap it was Afterwards, but if I was me, in a
0: pub, if I was in a pub in Cardiff full of Welsh people, then I would feel the same.
1: It's the same thing, really, isn't it? It's <laughs> just, it's just that my, my I'm slightly more immediate because I've got colleagues, friends, uh, who are Welsh, and I just can't bear the thought of them lording it over me for an entire fecking year. I anyway, I was
3: just going to say you just couldn't bear them. No, no, they're <laughs> yeah, lovely of. people. End
1: of. <laughs> yeah, there are lovely people, you know. First ten minutes, England showed a bit of intensity. They did look a bit more. Uh, up for it than Wales did there was a very the blitz defense seemed to work but as soon as Wales got into our 22 scored a try and we had a bloody um, simbin in the whole game plan and the whole thing changed and it was just kick 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 isolate the Welsh um, back three and in their inability to catch a rugby ball from height and um, and then kind of just eke it out um, anything you wanted to pick out from a from a player point of view Any. To, you know, because we can talk about why it was awful later. But anybody you wanted to pick out at this point, yeah, thought, we, a good they, game. Oh, not a good game, no. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we want to pick some players out. We seem to pick players that because they have a, a single trick, and mm. which just absolutely does mad in. And there is no worse example of that than Elliot Daly. Oh, yeah. He, how many he's picked time and time and time again because he's got a big boot. But how how, how much does that big boot? Really, over the course of a game, give England an edge that another player wouldn't give them just oh, because no, everything that they do is good quality. There was, there was one kicky bait that was, it was
2: really, really long. Yeah, really
0: long. <laughs> really long.
3: But this, this, is, this is everything that's <laughs> wrong with rugby, men's, or oh, not just men. Yeah, I'm going to, sorry, everything that's wrong with men's top flight rugby because there's nothing wrong with women's top flight rugby. It's much better to watch a game of rugby that women are playing than it is men's now because. It's run into. It's it's become a really bad poor man's rugby league where you just run into play. Ireland showed against Italy because they ran into a bit of space and they didn't run directly at the man. They ran in between the men and they broke through so many times. But England are too stupid to work that out. It seems and just run straight into the nearest person, or they kick it away. There was a one time where they uh, were lord in George Ford's kick in the second half. I think it was in the second half. He wanted mm. to kick one way, realised he couldn't, was going up a dead end, turned round, and then just basically mm. Hoofed it as an a hit and hope way and he just managed to clear it over the top of the defender and it bounced nicely into the 22 for a 50-22. Which, I think that what, was a
1: good kick. I think that was a very good kick. It was a very,
3: was a, he, oh come yeah. on. He was trying to kick it one way,
1: couldn't, and one do the other way. All he's trying to do is kick the ball all the sudden time. It's boring. It was a crap <laughs> ball though. That one that one was a crap ball. That was crap ball. That was literally the only thing he could do because the ball was so slow and it was sort of bouncing around i thought that was fair enough but another player i'd like
0: another player i'd like to pick out is ben earl who i thought it was super cringe we were under massive pressure on mm. our own line but it was england ball we had a scrum they'd knocked it on it is when they fluffed that you know it looked like they were going through yeah a what what try scoring Flushy opportunity try, score, it,
1: yeah
0: yeah and we won the scrum and he celebrated like we it was we'd won the world cup Mm-hmm. Off the back of the scrum, he, and I was like, "Is that is that the standards
2: that England rugby has got?" For he's got previous for that, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, I mean Ben El ah. has got has been consistently criticised for that. I thought what's frustrating, I think, from Ben El from a Ben point of view, is the World Cup. He was probably our best player, um, and and was and I think rightly pointed out that he was our best player. He he, he did more good than the majority of the rest of the squad put together. I, I don't think he's at that level at the moment in the Six Nations. um I don't. I mean, I. I can't get too het up about the the the, the over celebrating. Really, because they all do it. All the teams do it. It's just we notice it a bit more because it's England, and I think a lot of the Celtic yeah, media, to, media they, people it pick to it, to out, it
0: they? out. I mean, celebrating I could... a try is one thing, but celebrating a,
3: a scrum off your own ball mm. when it's, it, it's all a load of rubbish. Look at England. They went when they won the World Cup. They didn't celebrate that semi-final, but win no matter how good it was in 2003 because the job wasn't done. It was all about. No, going no, on to I don't. I don't Cup. disagree. And they with would that. only I... celebrate once they won the World once Cup, won, unfortunately, they've got. No, we got to the stage where we've fallen so far we're celebrating a sodden scrub. They, they so, were also far too positive after the game about the
0: result and how good they'd all played. It's like oh. I, I I think I think the standards we're setting ourselves, it's a lot like Gloucester in the the, the rubbish we have to wear yeah. from Skivington. I No no I, we're I setting I don't disagree the standards at all. too low.
1: Yeah, I d do, I don't disagree. I think a lot of the stuff from the Ben Earl is it's a it's a, a hangover or it's a, a, a follow-on from what was going on at Saracens. So Saracens have got this thing about celebrating the small wins. A lot of that apparently was generated within the group and the squad because they don't get the feedback from the crowd. I mean, so, oh, well, yeah. Yeah,
0: that, that's a fair point. So that's apparently where a don't lot of it originated but, from. But, but where we else, really like, want uh,
2: 10,000 people to cheer, but what we'll have is we'll have Ben Earl cheering instead. Yay. You look at the difference with Warren Gatland, right? He's like held it as one of the
0: greatest rugby coaches there's been. He, he, he's he gone back to a, a young Wales team with no expectations and mm-hmm. he absolutely ripped them last week saying it was the most disgraceful half of rugby he'd ever seen in his life. It, England management structure would have come out and said that they were really proud that those young guys had sort of shown up and tried their hardest and stuck to the game <laughs> just, time. The, the standards yeah. are just completely different.
1: No, I agree. I, I said I don't. I, well, I, as I said, we'll get into um, the, the the issues they've got. England have got in a bit. Um, I, as I say, from my point of view, it's about the result against Wales, but. There's a lot, a lot to work on. And they're nowhere near the levels of Ireland or even a particularly poor France, as we speak. I mean, Scotland's our next game.
3: I I think fucking Scotland's going to win comfortably against us. Well,
1: I was going to say, we've got Scotland coming up. um, And and Scotland, um, now, this isn't anything other than inherently funny, obviously, until it all goes wrong for England in two weeks' time. But it is really, really funny to see how annoyed the Scottish are about the last minute, last second, no try decision, um, because fundamentally <laughs> it was a try. I mean, I think we could all agree that the, in, by the balance of probabilities, that ball probably touched the touched the ground uh, after rolling off the foot. It probably was a try. But the law, as it stands, is there has to be compelling evidence to overturn it. There wasn't enough compelling evidence.
0: I mean that yeah that that rule is nonsense because it should be yeah. look look right. Let's let's just be sensible here. As the ball touched a blade of grass, because that's that's what's needed for a try. Now, yeah. beyond all reasonable doubt, that ball has touched a blade of grass. Absolutely. So I, I don't care if there's not if if you haven't got the camera angle showing it fucking beating into the ground. That doesn't matter. Just have some common sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. agreed. I, that, I don't... That, that TMO couldn't have rocked and rolled it any more times, <laughs> could he? I mean, God, <laughs> I'll just rock and roll it again for you. Why? Because you've been doing it for the last twelve minutes. Mm-hmm why don't you just tell the referee that he should award the try well cuz he because almost that's all cuz what you can't do as the tmo is say it was a try because yeah. you haven't got that so what you're trying to do by saying, let's rock and roll it again, is you're trying to get the referee to change his on-field decision. which we is really not need to, to, really, to look at it again. I, but, I think well, we he, just uh, at one just more just, He, did, just the, he, he did the
0: opposite. He did the yeah, opposite, no, no, he? He? Because, because the referee changed his mind and said, yeah. OK, I'm yeah, going to change my on-field decision. He said, just hold on, just hold on. I want to show you it one more time. Or I want to look at another angle. He said, I OK, there's angle. no... There is no image that I could say it's definitely touch." goes, Oh, come on. Yeah. Which
2: again, right. it's, it's it's painful. It's painful it to is watch painful. At, because, right? We don't need to see. And um, and and it wasn't. Was it? It wasn't that phase of play, was it? I'm trying to think. Was it even that game where we waited about th- three minutes for the TMO to actually wake up? So that and was have the England the... game.
1: That was the England yeah. game. So it was, that the, was f- the England game. The, England game where, it took, England where, where it um, took
2: three uh, minutes to actually get say. the angles. Um, we're just we're just queuing up the angles. We're just queuing up the angles, and the so, referee was just like just i don't give a shit about the angles just tell me what to do you've seen it just tell me what that's all we want
1: there's two bits of this so the first bit is it's really funny that the Scottish lost because of it that's just inherently funny right that's the first thing two it clearly highlights there is an issue with the protocol and the process around um the the tmo which we'll come on to again in a minute but you mentioned that one, that that sort of um, issue around uh, it was Chesn, Ollie Chesham, wasn't it? And his it was his yellow card in the first whatever it's six seven minutes.
2: Oh yes, Again, that was it. It was the, it Wales. was the, it was the yellow um, in the in the bunker, bunker. shoulder to head, and yeah, it, it, which all that, two all that should have been was penalty. been very simple, and the and the, and the TMO was actually like just I'll tell you where the penalty is, just give the penalty. Yeah. And yellow card, it. and it was and like, then,
1: and then it queued up, yeah, which was bizarre. Yeah. But this and, is my point. Think, so. My point about it, though, Jim, is it took him two minutes to decide that that was a yellow only, which to me tells you everything you need to know. That probably wasn't even a yellow. Both players dipped. Chesham, yeah, he could have got a bit lower, but there was another player involved with a late movement to uh, to the to the yeah. Welsh uh, prop. What the
0: freaking hell is he supposed to do? Right, so I reckon that the ref should make a call there and then without any TMO evidence as to whether it's a yellow mm. and and. Then it goes to the bunker review and they can have a look to see if it's upgraded. And then refs will start actually trying to watch the game and making a judgment on the pitch and speeding it up. Because at the minute, the trouble is they, because they have no accountability. So they just blow it for everything, slow it down, send it to the TMO and get it to check it because they can.
1: Yeah. And and we saw this in the world cup that we've got several, several decisions that were either absolute stonewall clear red cards or Alternatively, were borderline barely even a, you know, some of them were penalties only. I mean, we actually had the miracle upon miracles last week of a head contact, which didn't actually result even in a penalty. It was just a, it was just play playoff. A, a um, rugby incident. It was a rugby I mean, incident. The mythical I rugby did, incident. I didn't know those happened anymore. No.
3: I've been be yeah. banging on um, about
2: this for ages, haven't
3: I? First, um, thing, fit- first thing, when it comes to a decision, has there been foul play? An accidental clash of heads cannot be, whether the players are stood up or are, are at uh, grass level, cannot surely be a red card.
0: It's an accident. Like like, like the VAR stuff, Like, there's, there's a lot to go into tmo and how it's killing the game but there's a lot worse stuff going on in rugby at the minute yes before there is we, before yeah. we go on to that the great go thing on. about that scotland try being disallowed is mm-hmm. it would have been an absolute travesty if they had won that game because yes,
1: agreed agreed they,
0: because they it was absolutely inexcusable how they did not convert
2: the number of chances that they had and there were just there was offside by a mile when he intercepted after the not high tackle
0: there were so many bad decisions in in the red zone which isn't a term i really like but Mm. like when this is my pet peeve in the whole of rugby anything else Look, this is the thing that annoys me most you've got a penalty advantage in an attacking position and then you do something like you throw a 50 50 ball or you chuck a behind or you, you try something that's like a an off chance that you might score in that position. If you've got an advantage, you can play for the next 15 minutes and you'll get yellow cards or you'll get scrums or you'll score a try. Like you do not need to throw a 50, 50 ball when you've got a penalty advantage, just hold it. And the chances are you'll score or you'll get a more The only
3: thing the worse ball. than that is when they kick the ball. When they haven't got not? an advantage or when they have. No, yeah, no, yeah. I'm all about when they
0: have, yeah, yeah, that's, they, the they same an yeah, that's exactly what I they mean. They the ball. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. What the hell yeah. are you
2: doing? That's exactly what well, I, mean, I think. I but... think I think I think a good a good sort of a fifty fifty kick. Maybe after you've gone through a few phases, and you know you've realised actually the defence is solid, and then you go for a 50-50, That's fair enough. But you've got now, to have I a think couple that, that's of goes. Only
0: fair enough if you know that that penalty advantage you're going to take and you're going to tap and go or you're going to scrum. But it's when they do it and then they knock over three points. I like. Like if you're just not going to knock over three points, use the advantage and try and score a try for ten minutes. If you're that, if you're that confident that you're going to knock it on, <laughs>
1: turn the <ball> over,
0: <laughs> then you might as well go over.
1: <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, that the, there was a, there were. I mean, yeah, you're right. The the, the Scottish, I, I I have very little sympathy on the basis that Scotland's decision making in the final twenty in the twenty two was absolutely oh. appalling. Um And as Jim mentioned, I mean they got they were on the right side of some luck in the first half. I mean the the friend the yeah, friend that that should have I thought that was a penalty trial day long. I don't know how that was not given as a high tackle, the seatbelt tackle uh, by yeah. Van der Merwe.
2: I I agree with um I agree with Nigel. Um, I called it live. Yes, there was a hand, and I'm, in fact, I think I put it in the in the group yeah. chat. Um, there was a hand on the shoulder, but there was no real like. Pull on the shoulder. There was no aggression, and the the high tackle law kind of. I think Nigel Owens kind of went through it quite well in commentary. But it's it's kind of changed now, and the the interpretation has has developed a little bit. And just because you've got your hand over the shoulder in a kind of seatbelt fashion, that is, if it's a balancing thing then it's it's deemed accepted. If you yank down on the shoulder and sort of twist the back and the neck, then then it's a penalty for a high tackle. But if if you've just got one hand on the shoulder and the other arm around the body and you don't really pull down on the neck and the shoulder area, then it's not deemed a high tackle. And I have to agree with that. I think that's I think that's very sensible um, because there's a lot of time that yes, your hand might be in a technically high position, but it's not a high tackle. Um, so I, I think that's fine. But Van der Merwe was like just so in front of the back foot. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah he, the fact that was, that was the other thing. Is, well, he, was, he was miles offside And, off side and anyway, the trouble but... is, because that bit isn't foul play, the TMO can interject when it's... High tackle, but the TMO's looking, going, mm, yes, actually, technically, that's not high tackle. Oh, but he is offside. Oh, but that's not a, f- that's not an incident of foul play. So I can't mention that.
1: Although, this, although there's been incidents. This is, is where this, the, this is TMO where it's frustrating sh- because there's been incidents. It. There's been incidents already this season where the TMO's interjected when there's been a player offside.
2: Yes, and we have so, talked well, about this. We talked about this with Carl Dixon, and yeah. Dicko agreed that he penalised Gloucester incorrectly. Yeah. Because he went against the TMO, and well, he went with the TMO when he shouldn't have To shut the yeah. fuck up. Um, so I'm like, let's just like, if the TMO can't realize what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say, and I am just a fan, and I know what the TMO is allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say. I am not a professional official. Really? So. <laughs> Let's let's just let's just let them say whatever the fuck they like, and just like the assistant referees that constantly talk into the ear of the referee, mm-hmm. and and I've and and I've listened to Reflink and stuff when you get, you know, the assistant referees say, um, yeah, we've got an offside there, and and the referee has just gone not for me, and carried on play. So you do not have to agree with the decisions; you just have to listen to them. And I think you know, the, the best referees pretty much go, every anything you say, I'll take as gospel and we'll go with it. But why is the TMO not just a third assistant referee?
1: Yeah, well, I mean... Well, you, say,
2: you say about the
3: ref, best referees in the TMO today, Luke, Pierce was turning around and saying, I want to see this in real time, didn't he? Rather than it slowed down. One of be the best things that Nigel Owens
1: was, was, was one of the first, Wayne Barnes was somebody else to follow that on, that yeah. making sure you can see what it was, the reaction times in real time, it makes a huge difference, particularly when you're looking yeah. at, at at collisions, because when you slow anything down, it makes it 20 times worse. So um, yeah, it's the yeah. best thing to be. It's also one of, yeah. one of the thing I think Luke Pierce does, what Wayne Barnes did and what Nigel Owens did is that they're continuing in conversation with the TMO and the officials. They work as a team, whereas I think some some officials, they use the TMO as a get-out-of-jail-free card rather than actually working them. and Using them at, during gameplay, Barnsley was really good at this. I was sport. just say, Luke
3: he, Luke's very much like Barnsley. of you will know, yeah. TMO to check something in the background whilst the yeah. game's going on, doesn't he? Yeah, can, yeah, you just, a... can you just have a quick look at that for me? I, I think it's okay, but I just want to double-check whether anything's happened there. And the Where, game can then carry on. And if nothing's happened, nothing comes yeah, of it. it. Whereas takes, someone it takes like Dick Carl Dixon will stop the game. Oh, I think I've seen something there. And then two, two and a half minutes later, we restart the game because he's he's seen something that never actually happened.
2: Yeah, but it, it takes... I mean, it, you've got to be incredibly good to be able to speak into the captain and saying, don't worry, I've asked the TMO to look at it already. Being aware of what's going on, communicate and and luke pierce i think is you know one of the top top couple of refs in the world at the moment is absolutely fantastic and that's what you get with the very very best is their ability to multitask and talk to the tmo talk to a captain and carry on with live play without yeah. stopping the game
1: and that um... is yeah is incredibly <laughs> difficult to do just just one final thing on rest before we move on to why we need to how we need to improve rugby. Uh, did anybody see the uh, England and Twenty Welsh and Twenty game on Friday night? No. I Do you know what? I know what you're going to refer to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it's really mainly to to sort of pull aside the the uh, the, the female ref, um, who I thought was all right. I mean, yeah, there's a few there was a few decisions maybe I, I wouldn't have necessarily agreed with, but um, her comments to both captains after, after a bit of a scrap. In the first 10 15 minutes, I'm not minutes. angry. I'm just I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I got built. I've got I had buy in from you both at the before the game. Were you just lying to me? I, was, <laughs> and I, I, I did see some people saying, Oh, it's condescending, blah blah blah. blah. I do feel no, I know. I do feel that at the end of the day, if you're going to behave like school children, the referee is allowed to talk to you like school children, exactly. Um, and um, I thought fair play, we need that type of. Uh, comedy in rugby, it does it certainly livens things up yeah. a little bit. I, um, I think she's, I think she's a pretty good referee as well. Actually, to be fair, yeah, I thought she did right. There was a few decisions that I don't agree with, but then that's I'm biased. <laughs> I want England to win, you know. She is. is she was she a key is she a kiwi ref? South African, I thought. M- my accent detector, that was my guess. I think she's South uh, African. I've like the, I've, I've seen her, I've seen her the officiate York. a put on before no but I yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was uh, yeah, it was a good game and, and a very comfortable win again for, for England. Um, right moving on we will pause quickly and we will come back and talk about how we're going to fix rugby. <laughs> hey, Hello this is Val Pavaroskin and you're listening to Cherry Jam. Okay as we've all agreed, said, that the weekend's rugby was pretty average at best uh, in the Six Nations. Um, and there's been a lot of chat, more generally, not just the Six Nations, but more generally over the last couple of years, about how rugby has become quite a boring sport to watch on many occasions. Uh, so we thought we'd discuss some ways we could improve this, uh, <laughs> as if anyone's going to listen to us. Uh, Snowy, I'm going to start with you, because you had a couple of ideas, particularly around uh, kicking. I've
0: got two um, two changes yeah, uh, for me that I think would be key. Um, so the first one, and I think we may have even discussed this on a pod before because the idea came from somewhere else or it may even be something that World Rugby are already looking at and that's um, the option to call a mark anywhere in your own half. Yeah. Um, and the thing that you're trying to solve with this is that it takes away some of the potential outcome of box kicking. Yes. Or, because a clearance kick, in that case, you don't worry so much, right? Because mm. if anything, it works quite well because a clearance kick means that from a uh, a defensive position, you want to keep people back to try and catch the ball on the full. Uh, and when you're clearing it, you either want to kick to touch or you want to kick into space because if you kick onto full, it's, it's kind of a bit of a given. So I think it kind of works in that scenario. But the main thing it tackles is the thing that, is absolutely killing the game, the kick tennis, the back and forth. When you kick it up in the air and it's a free kick and you've then got 10 metres to go at, in effect, you're turning the ball over. So you're only going to stick the ball up when you think there's a genuine chase and a genuine 50-50 ball that could result in something. So you, it should. the outcome should be you see a lot less kick tennis and far fewer um, defensive box kicks where teams don't care about giving away possession. Yeah, I'm so not trying to tackle. The thing that I think is the biggest problem in rugby at the minute is most well-drilled teams prefer not to have the ball. And that's, yes. that's a major issue. Like, fundamentally, you should want the ball in rugby. When the opposition have got, got it, your goal is to try and get it off them. But this mm. idea that actually you win more games when you haven't got the ball is never, ever yeah. going to be entertaining.
2: When the weather's When the weather's proper horrendous, that makes perfect sense. But when the weather's good... What the hell are you doing if you don't want the ball? It just that's bonkers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And on the pictures yeah. we got today, the the weather doesn't even
0: impact it that much normally now. Not compared to what it used to. Not no, with the amount of be... sticky on their hands. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean it has to be blowing a gale. Basically, it has to be borderline dangerous to be outside for it to be that badly affected yeah. by by the um, by the weather. Um, just just being devil's advocate on this, so I think I've read that the. The, the downside potentially to um, being able to call a mark anywhere in your own half is obviously it creates a free kick situation. Uh, and the issue you would have in theory is you could call a mark, have a free kick and you can call a scrum. So clearly you'd have to make it a condition that you cannot call a scrum from a mark, uh, a like that. No. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, think, I, I've had, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's something that's, we've talked that's about. The, that's as an well, easy isn't enough it? caveat, right? Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to scrum. It. Yeah, I mean, the, the the easy caveat actually, just full stop, is I think Russ suggested this is you can't on a free kick, you can't call for a scrum full yeah. stop.
2: No. And I think I think on a penalty as well, which obviously when the scrum's in massive ascendancy, that's uh... a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, the thing I don't but like the about whole that whole point of a scrum is to restart play. And if you've restarted play by having a penalty, why would you go backwards and or have? Maybe a scrum you should only be allowed to do play? it.
0: You should only be allowed to do it in the attacking, like beyond the ten meter line or something. Because twenty well, you know, two. Because what it should be for a scrum is that you're tying in all the forwards, and then there's loads of space to do something cool with the backs.
1: Yeah, that, that I agree with <laughs> well, that. Probably that that that's that's a, that's a good point. I think the the, the, the danger is it starts becoming overcomplicated but i i don't have necessarily an issue in calling a scrum on a penalty per se um and, and the... that would
2: potentially be a massive difference because at the moment obviously you've got the lineout situation but the difference between a penalty and a, a and a free kick when it's when it's you know 5 meters from the line for example um if it was a line out infringement that created that free kick um to, to not be able to nominate a scrum from a free kick, whereas you could from a penalty, would yeah. actually would downgrade the free kick a little bit in comparison with the penalty. Because I think at the moment, the only difference is the, is, the, is, the, is who gets the line out if you were to kick yeah. it straight out. Well, it's the opportunity and how to... And how often, how to often point, do we it? get that? Or, or penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Well, that's it. Yeah. But, so, I think...
3: I think... You've got to have the right to be able to call a scrum from a free kick opportunity, except for if it is a mark. And uh, there's and very, very, you very, just all I'm saying is if you're markable, you cannot, it can, you can easily put it within the rules that you can't call a scrum from that position. And that's just solves it from there. I think, Otherwise, if for whatever decision you have, if you've got a scrum and the ref awards a free kick rather than the penalty for it, you should have that right to be able to award a sc- to take the scrum again, especially if you're dominant in the scrum.
0: The danger, the, the danger, I, the danger yeah. of reducing the number of scrums as a whole is that as soon as you reduce the number of scrums, then the size and shape and makeup of a team changes. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you've, and, and, you've and got to re- keep
2: the the requirement for some massive guys in yeah. propping. And and if as soon as you take away um, the importance of those of those props, then all of a sudden you yes, just end up with a team league. full of flankers.
1: Yeah. Do you, to be yeah. fair though, on that basis, on, on that point about that, making sure that the props are a different size and shape and all the rest of it. Will you compare if you compare rugby? There are exceptions. Don't get me wrong. But if you compare rugby and props in rugby now to say twenty years ago. They're inherently different. Props now are basically the same size as second rows twenty years ago. At times, and so are backs, right? So uh, yeah. it's, been it's, it's, it's already to it's bigger. Is that? Yeah,
2: it's, I mean, so with the probably
1: worse. no, no. I mean, with the exception of scrum arms, pretty much everyone is the same size. And second, if you're rows, not obviously. knocking on
2: two meters tall, then don't bother trying to be a professional rugby player. That's
1: no the problem. So yeah, there are. I, I I totally get the the concerns around under basically devaluing the Scrum to a point where that specialism is is no longer required. I just think my issue, and we saw it, England-Wales was a really good example of a bad example, if you know what I mean. But I reckon we had nearly 10 minutes of Scrums. The problem
3: you've the, got is all this setting game. up of it.
1: That and this is they're So
3: that's, a, that's the next It's all yeah. being set up how it is, to try and... Safety. Because they're so worried about the safety. Now, you are not allowed to push in the scrum before the ball goes in. So why have we got this bullshit called the hit and anything like that? Yeah. You don't have to worry about the safety in the scrum. The scrum sets itself very safely if, all, if
1: no one's doing anything until the ball comes in. Again, if we look back, I I, do, I I agree, under the laws of the game, you're not allowed to push before the ball's in. Have a look at a scrum from the early 90s and see how much movement there is. It's a hell of a oh, lot of movement. There yeah, is, but I, they I, set I, it, it straight away and we didn't have the injuries. I agree, but you didn't have the same size people That's and the forces involved. But, what I is, yeah, there that, is no so,
3: force. There is no force in the scrum when you're setting it up. There should not be any force in that scrum when it's being set up. There should not be a bump when the players come together or anything like that because you there's there's nothing to be gained from it
1: no if it's refereed properly I, again that's so that the next point that comes on to so i think i think a few of you have mentioned this actually refing the scrums properly so that involves the put in uh, well
0: i i had a more of a wild idea on this one on which was, yeah, so oh, one yeah was, did i so, had yeah. two ideas but this was like my wild third one is that the yeah. referee puts the ball into the scrum yeah <laughs> that, that way if the ball isn't set you can blow up if yeah. the scrum's not set properly, you can blow up. If it is set properly, he puts it in. Yeah. And and why doesn't still, he just bounce it, it on the floor and we all jump it, for it? It's still the the still it's pretty easy to throw a ball against a hooker's foot. <laughs> but the difference I, I... is when you haven't planned some Dirty tactics with your squad. I reckon,
2: I reckon Carl Carl Dixon might be a good at it, but I'm not sure about any of the others. <laughs> no, that's the problem. I haven't I mean, watched I mean,
1: him play rugby, I don't even think he would. No, Ooh. Uh, it gets a bit it also gets a bit tasty if he starts putting it into Quinn's bloody time, doesn't it? Um No, but yeah. it's a good point. No, it has been that has been brought up before, and I think it's an interesting I think it's kind of the that's like the sort of um the scorch earth tactic if we get to that point isn't it we're basically gone right we have no idea how to fix this we'll make the refs totally in charge and and, and deal with it I, I don't think it's, it's it's a it's a good old wild card but I think it would be the yeah, you
0: have it in uh, Aussie rules don't you the, that's uh, what I said the referees the ball. throw it behind their head from the sidelines
3: that's do, the yeah. line out yeah. in the middle yeah. of the play they bounce it on bounce the floor and then away um, we go yeah. so well, yeah so my,
0: the, my other serious one go on, just, yeah, uh, yeah. just to wrap that up was um one of the obvious problems is the caterpillaring. Yeah. And My my approach to that would be once the referee calls a ruck, yes, no one that's not already in contact of that ruck can join join the ruck. So they can ruck. You can still ruck and counter ruck, but only the guys that are already in there and no Mm. one can come and join it from either
1: side. That is done. Agreed. I think that's that's been my thought on it as well. I think you either say that when the ref calls ruck, no one else can join the ruck. We we touched on this earlier in the season. I said about
3: stopping the caterpillar would stop, would reduce the, the amount of box kicks in the game because the caterpillar is creating that safety for the scrum yeah. half in theory yeah. to kick it. A classic case of why you don't want to kick game the uh, kick the ball poorly for uh, in a box kick would be today, where Varney kicks the ball. The the uh, fullback for Ireland catches it, marks it. Ireland have chased up, all gone up so much so that they're right in front of um, the Irish fullback. He taps it; no one can touch him because they're all too close. And Ireland end up scoring at the other end of the pitch because they actually put the ball through the hands all the way through. Thirteen phases later, score a try. Mm.
1: Um, so no, I think I think to be honest, the the two bits here which is the the kicking so the, the 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 box kicking in particular as you mentioned and the caterpillar are the two biggest issues generally for yeah. the excitement I, I, I within think, the game rugby at the moment i, th-
2: I think not uh, not allowing extra people to hit the ruck mm. when the if the referee calls ruck and you know you're under resourced and you're going to get turned over you shouldn't resourced it properly and it, well and that's the thing though but you but as is currently the laws, you've got more than op- you know. You've got enough opportunity to then, oh shit, and and you hit the ruck to 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 change that so that oh he's called ruck. I can't do it now. Or, I know, or yeah, I guess that's, the that's other way
0: fu- you look at that funny is uh, like is like he calls ruck or he has two calls. So he calls ruck because that means something a bit different, doesn't it? Like once he's a ruck. So yeah. that's actually the start so of the ruck. It's a ruck thing. rather than a tackle yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. It's hands away. And then you allow a second, you have a second call. Ruck you, over. Like over or something, and then no one can join. Or you have a thing that anyone coming in has to actually ruck.
1: Yes. So which I, is, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they you could,
0: you ha- and if they don't, then it's a penalty. Simple as that. So if they well, come I, in, I'm just, a,
2: yeah. So I will tell you what, I'd, oh. with the whole Caterpillar thing, and I think this is something that is refereed incredibly poorly, And if it was refereed really strictly, then it wouldn't be a problem. And I think if we have a Caterpillar situation, it's incredibly easy for the defensive team to give a big hit to that ruck. Okay, And if you give a big hit to the ruck, then there's a very good chance that there will be a break between someone's shoulder and the player that they're bound to.
1: And the ball's then
2: out. As soon as you get a separation from a shoulder on the arse of the player in front, then they are not bound and therefore the ball is out.
3: If we go back to what Snowy originally suggested about where you turn around and say, once a referee calls ruck, you can no more conjoin. The good thing is you would have very quick ball from that in theory. The downside would be you'd have fewer players in the ruck because there will be less space available because people wouldn't get sucked in trying to do the clear-out. the other positive you'd have is it's highly unlikely or or you'd certainly reduce the risk of these nasty knee injuries from where the people are trying to be cleared out of it, um, from things like that, um, because you wouldn't have someone coming in and doing that twist, because once someone's over the ball and a referee calls, that's it, you can't come in and join it, you can't then try and twist him away and have that problem with the knee injuries from it, so Mm -hmm. there there, there are great positives in that, I think, and the thing is, regardless of whether you're up against extra players in a defensive line or not, quick ball is always going to be the key in red, because if you're caught, you've are got quick ball, you'll catch people offside, no matter how many people they got out there. Uh, that's the whole point I, mean, of
0: it. I, I kind of think, as I think about it a bit more, I think a ruck and then over call makes sense, because yeah. basically you call over as soon as the ball's presented and it's available. Um, so you can ruck, but if you've got that ball out and it's there for the scrum off, that's when you call over. And there's no more
2: fucking about. Yeah, so the, there, other, the, and, the and other... I like scrum. that. And, yeah. And, no, sorry, sorry, Ed. I was just going to say, I think... I think what Lawrence was saying that the key point is we you know we're trying to do world rugby's job for them and I think we're <laughs>
0: we well um, they can can't they, make it any worse in the, can we? We're put put it in we put this in the public domain so they can steal it without without really any yeah, they don't have process, to pay us but, anything but um, we can go into more detail about
2: the specifics if they contact us <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah but what we want what we want we want to see better you know, a better standard of rugby, don't we? And I think what Lawrence was saying is absolutely true. If we have quicker ball and we have less, less faff, less box kicking, more, you know, more playing the ball in hand. If if teams are rewarded better for attacking rugby rather than defensive rugby, then rugby becomes more entertaining. Maybe not to us because we love a scrum, but, it becomes yeah, more entertaining it becomes more the, fatiguing to, to those... as well.
3: Players are gonna get more fatigued and that and, means and more um, fatigue means more it means space, you need a greater level of space. fitness.
2: And a greater level of fitness means that you're gonna be the smaller. Is...
3: You can't carry the muscle if you're gonna be fit. You can't exactly. Be fit and, and I'll big. tell you
2: what, that that is something I think we really need to look at as well. I mean that's that's another massive thing about having I mean, eight forwards on the bench, isn't it? So we need to we need to create a pro- situation we got with all
3: professional coaches have slowed the game down to now to um, and it's the professional coaches that want Kicked kicks all the time for, us, for for teams not to have the ball. And regardless of what the statistics are for results or anything like that, they've got a lot to be answered for because they've really turned the game into something that is basically a glorified bore fest.
0: The trouble, the trouble is, though, I, I do think that's down to the rules because what the coaches yes. do is they, they crunch the numbers and the numbers say this is the most effective way to play rugby. They don't give a fuck if it's boring.
2: Right,
1: it's about that's, winning fundamentally. Yeah. That's, that's
2: all it is. Yeah. Um, well, as, as a coach, as a coach, absolutely. You know, you, you as a, yeah, you you can ask George, what would you like? Would you like to, Gloucester to be playing the most spectacular rugby and getting all the plaudits for being brilliant, or would you like to win? And neither. I think... His answer is neither. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, um, just just to quickly bring it back onto the to the the point around again devil's advocate and all the rest of it we've kind of we've kind of touched on a few of these things um i think the the other bit which in which we we keep talking and we're referring to a ruck well a ruck uh involved previously up until about 2004 give or take uh actually physically removing a player breaking shit out
2: of someone under removing
1: your feet. a player out with your boots now there are clearly safety issues. There are clearly issues in terms of the image of the game if you see somebody being ejected out of the back of a ruck at a million miles an hour while someone stamps on their face. I'm not suggesting we go down, down that route. what's wrong with that. No. Yeah. But it, I, mean, I think pe- what are the unintended the consequences? Look at the
2: injuries. Nobody, nobody gets like early-onset dementia because they've got some stud marks down their back. Maybe it's the greater good.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the no, I think a lot of people. I was just got saying, you hear of a lot more serious
2: injuries. You
3: hear of a lot more serious injuries these days since they've made the games safer yeah. than what it used to be when so it was just on, yeah,
2: on the because they just died straight away back yeah. then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not suggesting we go back down the route of of yeah. If you watch like New Zealand versus the Barbars, uh 1973, or uh, some of the Lions tours against South Africa, etc., when um, it was it was just basically a, a stampede uh, over the top of a, of a Lions player. Um, what I am one of the unintended consequences is something that was ha- brought in a few years ago, which was you are not allowed to kick through the ruck anymore, um, and it meant that it was then quite difficult actually for players to and teams to disrupt the ruck generally um and then you know actually create a bit of chaos around the rucks so it's actually that i don't know whether you bring that back in that's another option potentially and then the other thing which is um which was mentioned um around the rucks so we've got getting rid of the caterpillar rucks full stop uh that i think also actually accurately saying when you say use it actually sodding use it because we've all seen a use-it call when you've technically got three or five seconds or whatever, and 12 seconds oh, later, they're still moving God. the ball to the back of this bloody so, rut.
2: So I think they use it, and there's been a lot of players, usually it's the opposition scrum half, that gets penalised or at least a good stern talking to for giving a count game. Yeah. And, and I actually, you know, I... Definitely would have done that. <laughs> I definitely would have given a countdown so, and era. put pressure on the referee. And I think, why does the referee not give a countdown and put pressure on the on you know the attacking scrum half? And as soon as he gets to zero, he just blows his whistle and awards the scrum again. Well, it was.
1: I think we've seen it this year, haven't we? I think the first well, time we've we, seen, seen it. it,
2: we've seen it given a couple of times. that yeah. the that the, the, the scrum has gone against. But I think I think a countdown would would actually make it more fair because when it does happen, they're like you 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 fucking what? This hasn't happened for like the last twelve years. What are you doing? You're giving away a, 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 and and yes, there may have been a chat before the game kicked off. And when I say use it, I mean use it. And you've only got five seconds and all the rest of it. And he's used he uses five seconds he uses five seconds he uses five and a half seconds he uses six seconds he uses seven seconds and he uses seven and a half and now he's getting pinged and he's like what the hell whereas if every single time you just go one two three four whistle scrum then it's like well you 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 can't you can't grumble with that that's that's how. Exactly. That does the, make sense. The, the there was
3: a ridiculous are. situation on Saturday where a ref said use it, and I think it must have been, It felt like twenty or thirty seconds it was, before. Went, it was actually I went used. back
1: because Los, you referenced it in the chat, and because I'm sad, I did. I did actually. <laughs> I did actually. I went call, back with my stopwatch. Yeah, they were, I went back and I actually timed it on the 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 clock at the top. Um, it was a break in play, so I had a bit of time to do it. But um, and it was it was nine seconds. No, from him saying I mean, use it. Said, no, no, but nine seconds, it's, it's ridiculous. He's saying sure. use it. You've got five seconds to use it. It was nine seconds. Uh, and that was, I would say, that, pretty that's, average. That's weak. That's really weak refereeing then, isn't it? Let's be honest. But, yeah. I mean, so just, just to quickly note on a few other ideas that have come. You know, come... Sorry, just
3: one last thing on that. The only thing that what my fear is, is that basically the referees will do that for about two games, like they did with in at Scrum, and then there's just, it'll just get dropped again. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, well, the... World Rugby have removed feeding at the scrum
1: as an issue. Yeah, I, assume, I, know, to... I know, mm, but you know yeah. I get that. So the, the, the feeding at the scrum, yeah, I mean, that was the third, next thing was to make it more competitive. But actually, I think World Rugby probably rightly have said, you know what, let's just get on with the fucking game. Like feeding with a scrum is just another example of something that we're probably making over complicated. What I do think is the really important thing to do is stopping the clock at scrums. So once, the, once a, a scrum is awarded, the clock is stopped. You can faff around for as long as you want but it doesn't ultimately affect the game time that we lose. As I said the other day, as yeah. Said, the only oh, danger is that
3: is that broadcasters want to go off for adverts with it,
1: like a bit like American football. That's what the only thing. Well, I'm they, about. they
2: can't. They can't because it's still live play. No, I know, play. but
1: you know where but I'm coming from. I know what you mean, but I think yeah. I think I think again we're overthinking that probably a little bit. I do. I know. I know. There's always that danger that it could extend it. But again, if you're saying to people, look, there is no benefit from a wasting time point of view. So when England mm. England had a couple of scrums in the, when we were down to 13 men, and we were faffing around with it. We were. We could clearly mm. see. Gloucester have done it this season. We've seen it happen to us before. Saracens,
2: where... Saracens are brilliant. Yeah, at Leicester do it all the time. Even just like five seconds, six seconds, eight seconds, they will, every time there's a yellow card, mm. they will just work the seconds all the time, every opportunity. And yeah. I think it's very good. You know, it's very professional that they do that and it, you know, should be applauded to some degree. But the whole point of a scrum is to restart the game.
1: Yeah. And what we shouldn't shouldn't have is we
2: shouldn't have five minutes. It's Mm. like 75, you've got 75 minutes on the clock. You've got a team that are in the ascendancy and they're desperate to try and win the game because they're four points down or whatever. And you've got the opposition they're just faffing they'll collapse a the scrum but not enough to give away a penalty they'll do this they'll do that they'll give away a free kick the you know the the attacking team will nominate another scrum they'll go again and next thing you know it's 78 minutes they've used up 3 and and that's not right that's not right is it and i think if we stop the clock more we're we're Probably putting two fingers up to football even more because they're so stupid that they don't have a stop clock. Um, and I know Ed's going to go, but no, football are absolutely stupid for not having a stop clock. Well,
1: it's, it, is way it is the weirdest it's one of the real weird, weird um, things. That and we, and yeah. rugby,
2: rugby can just be even better um, and give the give the fans even more value. Mm-hmm. I think by stopping the clock and that. And if it means a game lasts 10 more minutes, then I don't think I care other than the fact that maybe if I've got to get from Hartbury University Stadium to King's Home in three minutes rather than 13 because they put two fixtures on that fucking so close together. But that's
1: a different story. But the good news is, Jim, that by the time you get to Gloucester, they would have only had one scrum and it would have taken eight minutes. So that's fine. Ah, anyway, so I haven't missed anything. <laughs> no, you haven't missed anything. But no, just a couple of oh, other things. When Gloucester reference.
3: start. you could have missed two tries from the opposition, couldn't you?
1: <laughs> a couple of other things that um, we just wanted to reference. So that uh, I, We mentioned time lost or, or delays generally, not just to, to the game, but sort of the overall experience. Um, you're going to groan, but in the NFL, uh, uh, um, they do have a max time limit on um, uh, on reviews. Now it is a bit difficult. It is a bit different because you have a, you have a call, a flag call. Somebody will review it. You then got a max num- amount of time that you can you've got to to look at the review and determine if it's the right call or not. In
0: uh, the in technology rugby, is do we... a bit more advanced as well because there's 27 referees and they have. <laughs> It's not even done there at the stadium necessarily if it's a it's big done game. Sweat, it's done yeah. at
1: headquarters in a massive facility something with about
0: 912
1: nine hundred and sixteen uh, angles. Yeah, but really. the the max time limit for TMO, I mean that I think that's another area. I, I I'm kind of fairly ambivalent to this, but it's just something I want to suggest. The max time limit for for TMO, Snowy, do we say, look, you've got thirty seconds to call up the footage? If you haven't got the footage in thirty seconds, we move on. No. Not not with the
3: French. The T V directors there are st- Renamed for if it's going against their team, not being able to miraculously uh, yeah. generate so, stuff.
0: So, I think the problem with the TMO generally is that the referee is afraid of making mistakes, so if he's not a hundred percent sure, he goes to the TMO by default. So you almost need a way to incentivize or penalize the referee, mm-hmm. so that I mean, I don't, I don't know how that can work, but you need a way that the the ref. The ref is making the decisions, and it's only when he's missed something, he's not seen something that he goes to the TMO, or it's really serious. At the minute, it's like there's things that the referee sees in clear daylight. He knows what's happened, but he, yeah. he questions himself, and that's probably half half of the decisions. Maybe the, the safety net. Maybe the touch judges aren't doing
1: enough in real time.
0: Do to, to, to touch, to touch judges have any say anymore? Really? Yeah.
1: So interestingly, there was a, there was uh, I want to say the the under 20 game, which would have had a TMO and did have um, cameras, but the, t- the, the touch judge on the England under 20 game, I think did say that the, um, the England player had dropped the ball uh, over the line. Yeah. They still checked it on the TMO. But
0: that's it. That's what, yeah. If you still I don't it know. TMO, what that, I don't then. know
1: what that, that's probably one area. Maybe if the, if the, if you give the, if you give the, you give the touch judges a bit more uh, authority and autonomy to actually help with the decisions, um, okay. But
0: it is it's difficult. It, yeah, yeah. It, are like, once you bring it in, it takes over. It, pretty, to me, it's pretty hard you need, to go
1: back. The <laughs> whole point of the,
3: having a TMO is to make sure you get the the right decision, and if that takes time, then so be it. Rugby is pretty. It's not too bad with how quickly they get through their decisions. Occasionally, we have them where they drag on a little bit, but ultimately, I think if you're going to have a television match for sure, or a video assistant referee, whatever you want to call it, the whole point is to end up with what was hopefully the correct decision at the end of it. So if it takes time, it takes time. Yeah,
0: I, think actually, cool. I think actually what I do, I just thought about it quickly in that like mm. few seconds that you gave me. <laughs> now, now I've got a complete opinion on it. Is I'd have, right, you can check in goal things. So yep. it was a try score. And a try it try takes out, as long yeah. as you want. No one cares if it takes a long time to get that, right? You always want no, a decision. That's, fair right? enough, yeah. that's absolutely fine. Anywhere else on the pitch, the TMO, the referee makes a decision and the game carries on. And yeah. if, the T, if the TMO has seen something that's important, then it's just penalised later at the next stoppage of play.
1: Simple as that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that, that's that's kind of my thought or process on it. I've yeah, thought the rugby a lot. League, the rugby league, rugby league do the do a thing that's on report, don't they? And I think there has been calls about maybe suggesting some of the head contact, uh, particularly when it's... It, it, I mean... Look, let's be fair. Most of it is accidental. 99% of, of these head contacts is, are accidental. I think anything where you've got a player bending at the hips, you can clearly see that it's 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 not. they're not going in at height. There's difference in hip. Uh, that, I think, to me, should be... Look, we'll stick that on report. We can have a look at it after the game. Annoy, Penalty. Up. We'll go on. Where I think that's the issue, probably, it's less so, as I say, in goal events, the tries, yes or no, I think that's fair enough. Um, but I, like for example, when you're when you're getting the TMO interfering and saying we want you to check this footage of Ollie Chessum clattering somebody in the face with a shoulder, and it takes you nearly two minutes to bring the footage up, that's unacceptable. And and yeah. look, that is a TMO issue. Um, no, well, that, it's,
2: it's not a TMO issue. That's that's a technology issue, and that's where. The technology provider have failed the TMO, sure. But then,
1: but then, equally, that my argument there is if you're not getting the footage after two minutes and you're just sitting around waiting, look, as they nearly did. I mean, they literally were about two seconds away from just giving the penalty. And then suddenly the footage came up. I I, I think you, they should have just been better
2: referees wouldn't have waited that long.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, um, the, re- the referee just cracks on. He makes a decision. And if he sees something, he can say, Could you just check that one for me just to make sure they've seen it? But mm. they can also look at things that he hasn't seen. And yeah. and the game itself, the referee just referees it. Yeah. And they yeah, just great. interject and say, Oh, by the way, a couple of plays back, there was a high tackle, head contact. Um, so uh at the end of so next, stop the game, stop the game, it's a turnover. Or yeah. at the next break it or when the game restarts it's gonna be a penalty.
1: Or you just you 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 were do it after the fact. However you want to do it, yeah. yeah. Um, the final one, the final couple of words just referring on, which is some interesting ideas. These are the ones... So doing away with a choke tackle. I suppose the key there is probably maybe refereeing the choke tackle as you would do the maul in other in, in a line-out. So one of the biggest bugbears I have is that when you have a choke tackle and referee calls maul in open play, anyone basically... What normally happens at that point, is just an absolute free fall And the, the team defending will just basically drag the player to the ground as quickly as possible to uh, so it then they're held up whereas in a maul situation at a lineout it's almost the opposite you try and keep that that maul up as hard as as long as possible you don't want that ball going to ground because there's a possibility you're going to get penalized um I'm so I suppose
0: I'm fine with that because a, a few years ago the choke tackle was a problem like it was slow and boring and Ireland did it all the time and then they changed it that once the knees down it's a ruck i yeah, think that yeah. addressed it enough I think I think yeah I, agree. It, it, I think it's rare enough now. You're pretty When you, you, when it, you have it? one, that's a great bit of defence, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, fair, fair enough.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. I think yeah, I, I think I as Russ suggested, it's so it only fairly clear. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, he, oh, yeah. He's not here though, so no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other one which was, one. And, and he's
3: admitted he won't listen in on it um, as well. And, so it, and like, his
2: other yeah. one, Russ's other one. And I'd, I'd love to give Russ the credit for it.
1: I think he might have stolen it from somebody. Pretend it was yours. Just say it was yours. Brilliant. Not so Jim's idea was that yeah. um, when there's a penalty <laughs> advantage in the 22, um, if you score off that penalty advantage, the conversion is in front of the post, no matter where you score it.
2: What What's it trying to solve?
1: Um, I it's suppose trying to it's solve
2: like... the lack of yellow card when you actually score, you score a on a yellow card. It's a yellow you... card advantage. So the, mm. the amount of times that a yellow card is given after a try is scored is very, very few. And so far a, well, and only card- the very best referees
1: yeah. do it. So, for example, you've got a mall, a line out, five-minute line out. You on a you're on a yellow card warning. Um The mall is taken down. It's an advantage, penalty advantage. The team score anyway, and the referee doesn't then go back yeah, to yeah. penalise it. So that's number one. Well, the other you don't need it's... to
3: change the law. Just get the referees to be better and just say, "Well, look, well, you've still um, got I to think, think do the gym. law,
1: the law, the law is an ass
2: in that if this, if the try wasn't scored, it would be a yellow card and a penalty try. Well,
1: but it wouldn't because... be a penalty try necessarily well there has to be a problem there, it, has, to, there has to be a probability yeah, well, of a try being scored so it could give, just let's be give a yellow that card. ball
2: situation that more yeah. situation so you if 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 you go right it's either a penalty uh, and we've heard the referees say it enough times when they're speaking to the tmo it's either a penalty try or it's it's a score can you check the grounding and they check the grounding and they go yes i believe a try was scored so then
0: no no the I team, don't think that the, the, team That's the team has a got penalty a penalty
2: try no, if they've if they, if they grounded it... If they it's score, that
3: takes priority over the penalty try.
2: So so the try is scored, mm. and, the, and well, then yeah, the conversion not, has to be an, made from the five metres... So that's, that's an easy one to point fix, point from the five metres. The... And, and because it's not a penalty try, weak referees, and I'll stipulate weak referees because good referees will still give a yellow card in this situation, but weak referees will then go, well, you've got the try. And so the team are left with a difficult conversion and no yellow card, whereby if they weren't as good and they knocked it on, for example, or there was a little fumble, then the referee would have given a penalty try and a yellow card. Is that a and point? that is do you, a Do you give situation. an advantage for
0: a penalty try? I thought you just blow no, a penalty no, no, try so, and go so away. I think
1: what Jim's, what Jim's referring to there, and I, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from, There are it's relatively rare that you get that example, which is where if the try wasn't scored, so, for example, from a maul, Right, and it's normally line out. More, mall. the more's going at pace. They've brought it down, so it probably will be a penalty try. But in the in, in that in that moment, someone's gone over the line and scored anyway, or has potentially would have scored but knocked it on that type of thing. Uh, um, I,
0: no, that's definitely not the law, though, because I've seen referees. Still, give a penalty try in that situation.
1: Yeah. So, but I think that, that what I would say that's quite a, that's quite a a uh, an unlikely set of events. There's yeah. not many times that happens. What does happen more often, which is my fir- my first point, which is yeah. uh, the mall's brought down. Uh, it's not going to be a penalty try. There was no danger of a try being scored, but the referee doesn't then go back and penalise that, that and, and yeah. keep that yellow card. Well, that's just poor refereeing. Yeah, he, he need referee. to change he the of bloody card. conversion. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> a case of, I think, maybe where you have a TMO saying, whatever, you know, this is, again, maybe a ch- slight tweak to it. The TMO says, yellow card, warning, and then the ref goes, yeah, good point. Try scored. By the way, you're going off for 10 minutes. But yeah. one of the yes, things... I- yes, actually, yeah, yeah, TMOs need to need to... Um, we, we talk a lot... We've talked a lot
2: about the TMO's interjections, and they can't talk about um, kind of knock-ons and forward passes and stuff like mm. that, unless it's in the act of scoring. But... Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we take for granted the the, the the very, very best referees in the, in, in the game. They remember yellow card warnings, but the vast majority of referees have got huge amounts of stuff going on in their head and they're trying to remember this and they're trying to remember that and they're talking to this person and that person. And the TMO could just say, rather than, you know, maybe a captain who would then be getting moaned at, for, for, mm. for mentioning it, but yeah, TMO should absolutely just remind referees it's, that they it, were on a yellow you could card turn yeah. around and say, Yeah,
1: yeah. yellow card won. It's then within the referee's gift if they feel that actually the penalty that they were going to give away was uh, deemed a yellow card a penalty.
0: That, the, what... the, the big, the big, the, the reason that's good is that a lot of defenders now they go for a suicide something illegal because they mm. know either they get a yellow card but they're prevented to try and they yeah. see that as a win. Or it's a try and it doesn't matter because then they don't get a yellow card. Then get a card. That's, but, that's but, why but, important. But, but if there's the yellow card and conceding the try at risk, mm. then you'd see defend, defenders stick keep, to the Keep the rules. people more honest, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly.
1: The the other thing I think, again, unintended consequences possibly of this, but you, you mentioned it right at the beginning, Snow, one of the biggest issues you say you, you get frustrated with is when you've got a penalty advantage, you go stupid cross kick or out the back of the hand or something if you are on the penalty advantage and you know that if you score a try, you are going to get a conversion in front of the post, no matter where you're going, you maybe are more likely to try and go through the phases a little bit longer because yeah, I don't know. And, and I, try I, I think and, if
0: I was a coach, you always back your kicker to kick the conversion and you don't change the way you play based on where the kit's going
3: to be. I, I, don't, I just don't agree with this move-in of the conversion into in front of the post. What we're going to do next is uh, uh, say you've got four efforts to make 10
1: yards or something like that and throw the ball forward. So the other the other, the other thing is, oh, which is... Just, well, no, no, no just is fair enough. Rubbish. No, but uh, absolutely fine. It's right, he's to, not
0: going to listen. That's absolutely We don't have to, don't have
1: to agree <laughs> with it. It's just, it's just a suggestion. Russ, I uh, don't want to hear any more ideas from you. No, the other <laughs> final one from me, and this is an old one, and again, this is not my... I'm not necessarily saying this is what i would do but i just wanted to say this has been suggested previously long time ago that you get to a position where any penalty um within the i think it was i think the original idea was any penalty within 5 meters of the line a team could opt to take a kick and that kick would be worth 5 points now instantly i know the the problem you've got with that is teams oh, would obviously God, no. look to going um, to like
3: take it. the kick all the time
1: but, yeah, yeah, but it's five off. points, though, and that's still not as... an you know, unconverted try, yeah. Yeah, it's no, an unconverted try. So no. it's still quite, it's still quite a, a big penalty. So it gives means you've got maybe a little bit more space and time when you've got the ball at the base of the ruck. Oh, it, as God. I said, I'm not suggesting it's a, it's a good. It's just an example of something that has been suggested previously. Uh, you, we yeah, started so you, well, you, and now
0: we're.
3: Can now you imagine that? You long. know, you you've got a <laughs> penalty, and you can kick for goal, and you get three points. No, no, no! It was within two two centimetres of the line, so you know yeah. you get five points. But One kicks, kicks are really exciting. Let's increase. Oh yeah, I can't six. wait for another minute and a half to be counted down on the right. clock before someone. Something yeah. I the would other... like to see right is if you've got.
0: If, if we're going to try and make defenders more honest mm-hmm. so, that, so that they can't del- deliberately give away... I mean, it's one thing trying your hand at something illegal and hoping to get away with it, but it's another thing doing something that you know you're not going to get away with, but you don't care about the consequence. So, so if we can solve that, then something I'd like to see us do is move away from the fact that when you've got a penalty advantage in a 22, is infinite amount of time. So give it, give a number of breakdowns, five, and ten
1: phases, or whatever. Yeah, and...
0: you know, yeah. Wh- whatever number. But after that, it's advantage over.
1: Mm-hmm. I know, but but then of course that then feeds back into the first point you're you made—that gonna... that you then just give it away because right, right, you know you're well, going to get the penalty well, advantage. No, but, but that's
0: that's but, different though because that is at least well. No, there's still, you can still keep it. There's no reason not to keep it. Your best chance of scoring is still to keep the, it. The referee it's really just your advantage start goes. being
3: harsher on the yellow cards, doesn't it? Because if, you, if you've only got a limited yeah. period of time, you're just going to commit another foul. You're just mm-hmm. going to give another penalty away. Because you know that, oh, well... Yeah, yeah. I no, know, no. It's that's just, what yellow cards are for, as you said. I know it is, yeah. I know. But, yeah. And the other thing I'd like to see as well, when some of the teams on a yellow card warning, they have a player binned, they then give another penalty away, they have another player binned. They give another penalty away, they have another player binned. It seems that a lot of the referees are so worried about binning so many players that then there's a reset on that and then they have to commit bloody... High trees but in the game before they have another person. That's, that's why I think
0: that penalty advantage might work because actually I think it it helps the attacking team because mm-hmm. what a lot of defending teams do is they know in that defensive set probably the best outcome once they've got that advantage is to force the opposition to kick free points. Yeah, because the reality of. Getting a turnover is so rare, isn't it? It's so rare that a defending team actually managed to counter ruck or something in that position and get a turnover, or there's a knock on. I think what you do then is you're like, right, let's see out the five tackles if we can. So let's be really disciplined, tackle make properly, it six. or whatever number, whatever number. <laughs> um, and then because that doesn't end the attack, it just means the advantage is gone. Advantage yeah. over, you've still got it. Still attacking. I, was being, I was being facetious <laughs> yeah, when I, know, I
1: said
3: make it six. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> no, was... to be fair like, I think what I'd say about all these ideas is I that... should be in charge I think yes. that's what we're saying oh god lord help us all uh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean to be fair we'd know that Bath would get relegated straight away they don't have enough covered yeah. seating there we go yeah. no, um, you, you want to put
3: someone with blonde hair and blue eyes in charge or something
2: whoa <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm grey now um
1: <laughs> what, so just a final thing this evening thank you very much again guys for uh, your input Um and I think there are genuine there are genuinely some good ideas that Ru- uh, World Rugby could definitely steal but we will want to be paid when they want the details
0: we we should say the good thing to be fair of all s- sports that I know that, is, that are, are big um, have got a lot of invested interest and in everything, World Rugby are quite happy at putting in new laws to try. They are good yeah it. so they're probably quite well aware of some of these issues so i would yeah. hope to see some of these law changes coming, but...
2: and, and do you know what that that's, that's worth noting isn't it because they could be like the old farts of the rfu and go no 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 we've been doing it right change. forever but they, they they do seem to be quite um proactive for, for well, a bit of change and a bit of if development you want to compare it to football
1: jim and you know it's this week alone, they've come out with uh, the IFAB, which is the, um, the, the basically the home home unions who are in, half in charge of the rules and laws of football, have suggested they bring in blue cards, which are sim binnings for football. And I tell you what, it's hysterical to see all the old guard, the, the, the every single type, type of person you'd expect to go, oh, no, it's going to ruin football. It's going to ruin football. The fact that it's been part of football from the amateur levels down for the last five years, um and the whole idea of it really uh, for the Simbinings was to try and reduce the amount of abuse that referees get um uh, you know th- that's been that's been a, a, in play for the last 5 years and it's and I, I, you know when you hear paul Merson going it's going to ruin football we can normally uh, agree that it's probably going to be a good thing he's probably uh, drunk yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> if there's if there's anything if there's anything that can be done that reduces the crap that referees get then it needs to be done because there's one thing that football, rugby, cricket, hockey, every single
1: team sport sport in the world needs. It's better official. Final, final, <laughs> final thing we're going to talk about this week, uh, which is literally just a, a one-word answer, really. Snowy. 49ers. Uh, oh, oh, uh, sorry, got... Yeah, that's fine. Jim, <laughs> you go 49ers. Yeah, Snowy. Chiefs or 49ers? Uh, I hate them both. I'll go, I'll go Chiefs.
0: Los. What? Chiefs or 49ers? <laughs> yeah. Chiefs have got homers who's such a knob, but 49ers are in the same division
1: as Seahawks, so we have to go. 49ers or Chiefs? Los, just say just say 49ers or Chiefs. One of those. Neither. Yeah, he doesn't want to, does he? he? doesn't want to do, it, doesn't want to do it. I'm going to say 49ers, just because it'd be quite funny to see Taylor Swift cry a little bit. 69ers. Oh, that's a bit weird.
0: Oh yeah, you're literally going to sit up and watch it because of Taylor Swift. You're one of them.
1: I'm not one of them. I'm a Swiftie dad, one of, but I'm not one, one of, of th- those. One of those. 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 Goodness. Them. No, I'm. I'm. No, as as I've already, as you all know, um, I'm, 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 I'm a very much a, a fan of uh, all types of music. Uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Adele, um, and uh, and others. So yeah. On that note, on that very <laughs> weird note, um. We will be back next week covering Gloucester's uh, success no, and getting to the final <laughs> of the Premiership Cup. Uh, obviously they winning, uh, winning game against uh, Exeter and obviously Gloucester Hartree beating Sal. That's, That's the hoped for pod next What's week. What's your
0: favourite Taylor Swift song?
1: Style. Oh, how's that go? I'll tell you what, we'll do it off air. We'll do it off air. We'll oh,
2: no, no. <laughs> 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 Cheers, guys.
1: Who's
3: Taylor Swift?